This is part four, Novell Open Audio Special on Open Source for America. Hello, this is Aaron Quill with Novell. Today on the line, I have Simon Phipps, the Chief Open Source Officer for Sun Microsystems. Good afternoon, Simon. Good afternoon. Pleased to be here. And we also have Michael Tiemann, who's the Vice President of Open Source Affairs for Red Hat and also the President of the Open Source Initiative. Good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon to you too, Aaron. Michael, you are just positioned perfectly to answer my first question, which is, what is open source software? Open source software is software that is covered by a license approved by the Open Source Initiative. The Open Source Initiative defined about 10 years ago something called the Open Source Definition that speaks to the key properties that software license must contain in order for software to be considered open source. Open source software is uh, licensed under an OSI-approved license. And uh, that is a way of helping people understand that uh, the four freedoms that define uh, free software apply to the software that is under that open source license. So why have we seen a significant jump in open source adoption recently? That's a great question, uh, because free software that is defined by the open source definition and is open source software has been around for quite a long time now. Free software first emerged about 25 years ago. And the open source definition that helped us have open source software has been around for about 10 years now. Of late, what we've seen is more and more businesses and governments recognizing that the freedoms that are available uh, within open source software are the key to uh, allowing governments to save money on their software infrastructure and also to make available uh, freedoms of use of the software and the data that's within it to their citizens. And the recognition of those freedoms has led to more and more adoption by governments and businesses as they become aware of the uh, capabilities of open source software. When um, Thomas Watson Jr. started talking about the original IBM mainframe computer and its capabilities and challenges, he saw his main petition as the accountant who used a number two pencil and a pad of paper. And the complexity of software has clearly gone well beyond addition, subtraction, and multiplication of the 1960s. The Internet is one of the great open source applications. The World Wide Web software, HTTP protocol, came into existence in the 1990s and really changed the fundamental nature of what we expect from computers and computer applications. The open source model has proven to be a superior innovation model for extending the functionality of the Internet to both smaller and larger computing environments, resulting today in social media, cloud computing, virtualization. And the benefit that open source ultimately brings is that by making it possible for any user, any developer, to contribute to this common computing platform, innovation is now fully democratized to the entire world. Open source software is often confused with freeware. Can you explain to me what the difference is between open source and freeware? Absolutely. Freeware is a computer software which is available without charge. Often freeware is either very low-function software where the author doesn't think that it's really worth asking for money, or it is some kind of a free trial for a piece of paid software which will come later. 
The word free, when it's applied to freeware, purely describes the price. It does not in any way define the freedoms that the user is likely to have from using the software. Open source software comes with some guaranteed freedoms. It comes with the freedom to use the software for any purpose at all, without any kind of restriction. It comes with the freedom to study the source code, the text that the programmer wrote to bring the software into existence so that you can understand how it works. It comes with the freedom to modify that source code and change what the program does so that it suits you better. And it comes with the freedom to share that software and the changed version you made with anyone that you wish to. Those four freedoms guarantee that someone who is using open source software is in no way under the control of any other party. Freeware is software which is simply without charge for now. Open source software is software that comes without any kind of restrictions and without any necessary demand for payment later. Now, that's not to say that you won't spend money because you're using the software. You may well buy manuals or buy service or support but you won't be compelled to because your freedoms are guaranteed. So that's the basic difference between the two. When somebody offers you a free puppy, it says a lot more about the price than the provenance of the puppy. Freeware as a term is really just software get at no cost. And it could be uh, a promotion. It could be a hoax. It could be a hobby. It could be something really quite wonderful. But freeware is not a very precise term. The whole concept of open source and as a movement is to be specific about the freedoms that one can expect, which include the freedoms to read the quality of the software and make an independent judgment about its suitability for a purpose, uh, the freedom to modify that software and adapt it to a specific purpose, the freedom to redistribute and share that software either commercially or in a community context. And so the idea of open source is to remove the gimmickry and to make clear to people there are certain rights and freedoms that are available, and those freedoms have tremendous benefit both to the community of developers and users of the software as well as concrete commercial benefits. How can governments benefit from using open source software? That's uh, another very good question uh, that requires uh, several answers, actually. First of all, by using open source software, governments are able to put themselves back in control of the cost of their computing infrastructure. Rather than being beholden to, for example, corporations that raise their prices by 40% arbitrarily, the governments are able to use software that comes with the freedoms guaranteed where they decide when and whether to spend money on additional value, service, support, extensions, and so on. So that's the first stage where governments can benefit by the cost savings. The second way that governments can benefit is more subtle. When you invest in open source software in your government infrastructure, all of those extra paid values can be supplied by any member of the open source community around that software. And there will usually be people who are experts in that software within your own country or within your own state. And thus, when governments spend money on installations of open source software, they're usually spending money locally within their own country or within their own state and developing their local economy rather than the economy of some remote software corporation. The third way 
that uh, open source software can benefit governments is by bringing freedoms of use of the software and data to their citizenry. If, as a government, you are using a piece of proprietary software to create government forms and documents, it's likely that your citizens will need to purchase proprietary software in order to interact with the government. If you're using proprietary software to run your information infrastructure as a government, it's likely that your suppliers and your citizens will also need to buy proprietary software to do the same. In other words, there will be some sort of cost associated with simply coming to the table and using government services and engaging with your government. When the government uses free software, that's open source licensed software where the freedoms are guaranteed, then citizens are also able to exercise those freedoms and are able to come to the table without a, a guaranteed charge being necessary in order to gain access. So those are the three main benefits from a government using open source software. I'd like to answer that question in the context of how can democratic governments benefit from open source. The great American experiment in democracy is based on a belief that because all are created equal, we should not presume that one person who happened to be there first is better than some other person who may have a lot more popular support and come later. And the advantage of open source software is that it permits broad democratic participation in the development of software and in the use of software. As a matter of fact, it is quite appropriate to think of every user of open source software as a potential contributor to that software. In the past, Red Hat has run academies, for example, teaching high school students how to use open source software, and we have incorporated changes, as has the open source community, that come from high school students, college students, as well as professionals working at the National Security Agency, scientists working in the Department of Energy and at the National Labs, academics working all across the country as well as around the world. So the concept of democratic participation and also the concept of a technical meritocracy, I think, align very, very well with American ideal of democratic government and the concept that it is more important to engage more people than it is to depend or rely on one single omniscient and omnipotent entity to make all decisions for all people. Simon Phipps and Michael Tiemann, thanks a lot for taking the time to sit down and talk to me about Open Source for America. A great pleasure. My pleasure, too. Remember that Novell Open Audio is brought to you by Novell Users International, as well as Novell Incorporated. Most of our content is directed by our listener community, so please send us your feedback by email at openaudio at novell.com or by leaving comments on our website at novell.com slash openaudio. That's it for this time. Have a good one.